0: Hello guys, this is David once again. So I was reading a little bit about music, so uh, I just wanted to share some information that I found about opera. So uh, let me uh, get you into this just a little bit forward. El "Rigoletto" is a truly one of the greatest operas ever written. It has no heroes, no clearly defined villain. But the story is characterized by the gloomy tragedy that stems from selfless and misguided love. We'll receive from the variety of the beginning. Rigoletto is the masterwork from the definite opera composer. We will hear the entire opera to the two compact discs right here in my book. As you explore the book, Along with it, we'll discover the story behind the opera and its creation for the life of the composer, biographies, and principal singers and conductors, and the opera's text or libretto, both of Italian and English. Expert commentary with his added in the libretto and aid in appreciation to the highlight, key moments in the score. Giuseppe Verdi's story is truly a rag of richest classic. His life was marked by terribly tragedy and struggle, crowned by the steam and the entire world. Giuseppe Verdi was many things: consummate artist, politician, shrewd businessman, and in all things, a man of a simple truth and integrity. He was born the son of a peasant farmer, shop owner, in the tiny northern Italian village of Roncole, on October the 10th, 1813. The elder of the two children, his younger sister was mentally retarded and died while still in her teens. Even as a small child, Verdi demonstrated a fascination with music. He is said to have followed a wandering fiddler around his hometown for hours at a time when they would come to entrance by the sound of the organ and Sunday mass that they would sometimes forget his duties as occult, a church. Observing his interests, sometimes before his eighth birthday, his parents gave him an all-descript spinet a small hardcore ship the way we know it. This style of instrument had long since been supplemented in popularity by the piano. But it must have seen the gift for a life of a budding musician. Obviously a piano is highly recommended for high level people, rich people, and obviously the people that can pay for that. So Giuseppe Verdi, the nearest town of many sizes, Buzzetto, Verdi's father, Carlo, and he had business dealing with Antonio Barezzi, one of the leading citizens of the town, which owned a piano. He owned he also owned and operated the city General Store and served as the president for the Philharmonic Society, an amateur orchestra that performed for local events and concertize throughout the region. Through his concertion, Carlo Verdi arranged for his 10 year old son board with a coder in Buzzetto and pursued his general education with a local priest. Don Prieto Celetti, in his musical education with the musical director and local cathedral Fernando Provesi. Young Giuseppe worked hard both of the Cowder's assistant and as a student, but he excelled in his musical studies. He was above everyone in the class. Every Sunday, he would trek three miles of his hometown on foot to play the organ at his home parish under Baresi's mentorship. He began composing Marches and overtures to perform by the Philharmonic Society, and he was offered to the opportunity to conduct the orchestra from time to time. Eventually, at the age of 16, he moved into Baresi's home and earned his keep by assisting the management of the family's business as well as the city's musical affairs. As his obvious talent flourished, and it was decided, the young Verdi should study at the Milan Conservatory, the center of musical study in Italian. Milan was also home of the famous opera, Teatro alla Scala, considered to be center of European opera to these days among European houses. So with the financial banking of Baresi and the local charitable foundation the 19-year-old Verdi moved to Milan. His application to the famous conservatory was rejected, though no reason was given. It was no doubt due to his age and the lack of formal conservatory training to date. His talent was evident, but still raw. Years later, after his fame was established, the conservatory expressed an interest of changing its name to Verdi Conservator. Verdi refused the honor, saying, They didn't want me. I was young. They can't have me. Now I'm old. Undaunted, the young musician arranged instead to study privately with Vincenzo Lavigna, who had made a name for himself as a conductor at La Scala. It was the perfect arrangement for Verdi, and surrounded by the rich musical culture of Milan in Italy His potential began to be realized Verdi had been in Milan only a year when his former teacher Provesi died The cathedral of Busseto was left without a maestro Baresi and the Philharmonic society wanted to hire Verdi for the position while those at the cathedral backed the second candidate The situation became a heated debate with most of the Brucero's citizens firmly estranged in the support of the candidate over the other. The battle wagged over the three-year period, the battle until finally, with a half of the government intervention, Berdi was chosen for the post. Meanwhile, Verdi's studies with Lavigne had been completed, and he was presented with an opera libretto, Oberto San Bonito, which had begun to compose with the returned Bucetos to accept his post. Now again fully employed and married Bareso's eldest daughter, Margarita, they had fallen in love during the time and had been living and working in Baresi's home. He settled into life with his new job and new wife in Buceto's wife continuing the work of Alberto and maintaining his ties in Milan, hoping to see his first opera produced there. And he had the opportunity to introduce to the new empresario at La Scala, Bartolomeo Marelli. And over a long period of negotiation and failed attempts was finally granted a production of Oberto In the autumn of 1839, the opera proved to be a huge success, prompting Marelli to commission three new works from the young composer. Both, by good fortune, Verdi resigned his position in Busseto and moved to his young family, and along with his young family, to Milan, to further in his operatic career. While he and his career was a source of increasing joy at this time, his personal life was decaying before his very eyes. He had fathered two children, a daughter, of Virginia, born in March 1837, and a son, Isilio, born in July of the following year. Within the month, his son's birth, his daughter, grew gravely ill, and she died one month, a day after mother was born. No cause of death was ever found. Fourteen months later, virtually without warning, Isida died suddenly again. The cause was unknown. But only eight months later, June 18, 1940, Verdi lost his beloved Margarita to encephalitis. in less than two years. The young composer's family had been overliterated and devastated, knew no bounds. All during this strain and tragedies, Verdi had continued to work on his second opera, Un Giorno di Regno. It is a conic opera, a style he would obtain again until his final effort, Falstaff, premiered at the end of his life in 1893. Un Giorno di Regno proved a disaster of a stage and Verdi decided he would never compose again. He canceled his contract with Merelli and became a near recluse. Several months later, quite by the accident, he encountered Marelli on the street. The empresario encouraged Verdi to resume his writing, and gradually he responded. The composer referred to the next 10 years of his life, the Gallery of Years. He worked furiously, producing 14 operas over the decade most of which very warmly received by the public and critics alike. In construction, these works mainly echoed the style of a famous predecessor, Donosetti, and Bellini. Yet, Verdi's voice was unique. While he shared his gift melody and was typical of his forebears, there was a certain raw, he knew quality about his works and his sense and the stage of his ability to present real-life feelings and characters was unsurpassed. We will continue the next one later on about Giuseppe Verdi.